This episode of the Gondrepreneur Podcast is made possible by Evergreen Gateway, a provider of cannabis-friendly financial services. As many cannabis entrepreneurs have experienced firsthand, it can be very difficult to get approval for essential financial services once your bank finds out what industry you're in. Evergreen Gateway makes it easy for cannabis entrepreneurs to access the financial resources that you need to operate your business. From merchant accounts to cash advances, virtual checking, and depository banking, Evergreen Gateway has established solutions that cater to the specific needs of the cannabis industry. Get in touch today at evergreengateway.com. Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and thank you for listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Uh, today, I'm joined by Keegan Peterson. He's the CEO of Work, a cannabis-specific payroll and HR provider that advises in employee training and performance management and pr- improving the employee experience and wellness and benefits offerings. Uh, how you doing this afternoon, Keegan? I'm great, TJ. Thank you for having me today. Hey, super stoked. Uh, this is a real big sort of issue that's that's emerged, especially since, you know, Cannabis 2.0, as, as some people call it, in, uh, in 2016, uh, with California, Nevada, all that going online, massive markets. Uh, but before we get into uh, those issues, man, tell me about yourself. Uh, how'd you end up in the cannabis space? Yeah, so I've spent the last 10 years personally in the HR and payroll space outside of cannabis, working with uh, predominantly the retail and restaurant industries. A friend of mine here in Colorado had a dispensary that had 100 employees, and he had been dropped by his sixth payroll and HR provider uh, because his company touched cannabis. And he reached out to me and said, Keegan, you do this for a living. Can you help me out? I just need to pay my employees. I need to pay my taxes. Um, At the time, he was paying his taxes in cash, so he had to walk a million dollars of cash in a suitcase to the IRS building uh, to pay his taxes at the end of the year. And that was a whole experience in itself. They had to have armed security guards on site. Um, he had to handcuff the uh, bag to his arm. Uh, when he told me this story, I was like, my jaw was on the floor, and I was like, this cannot be how this industry has to operate. Um, so I uh, quit what I was doing to help him figure out how to pay his employees and taxes. Uh, and then realized that the entire industry had a problem uh, with this. So we started work in 2015 to solve that problem so that every employee gets a paycheck just like every other employee uh, in the United States does, and to make sure taxes get paid uh, on time and in the right format. How many companies uh, and how many states are are you currently providing services? We're currently providing services in 33 legal cannabis states. And, and since the inception of uh, our company, we've paid over 60,000 employees. And, um, and the number of companies we uh, service, hundreds of companies, and it's growing every single uh, day. So, so you're, I mean, there's not really a state that, that you're not in, essentially, um, that's, that's massive. Um, when you're talking to employers, uh, what have they identified as the biggest challenge in sort of the last few years since more states have legalized uh, medical and recreational cannabis? Uh, and how have they navigated these challenges? So the biggest challenge, we actually just, uh, surveyed our customers um, re- very recently around this, and the number one challenge is growth. 
Uh, last year, 2019, the biggest challenge was hiring. Um, this year is, is, is growth. So I think both of those things are still big problems. Um, this industry is growing very quickly, which means we need to hire a lot of people. The workforce uh, isn't there. We don't have a huge workforce that has the experience uh, necessary for cannabis. So everyone's looking to other adjacent industries to find people. So um, it's requiring uh, to be very strategic on how you look and find and hire people and the amount of resources you provide them to get them trained up to be successful in the business, to be happy in, uh, at their jobs. Um, so I think the, the trajectory we're on, obviously it's great uh, for this industry and, and to see cannabis get to a point where it's legalized and widely accepted is great, but it definitely requires a lot of people to get it there and that's putting a lot of strain on businesses. When you said, you know, the last time you surveyed them, it was employment, this time it's growth. And I mean, aren't these two things sort of linked? They, yes, they are. Um, I think now people are starting to, when they say growth, they're starting to think about where my company is going to be in 12 months. A lot of times when people say hiring, it's because they haven't been proactive about where the business is going and they're reacting by trying to just hire as many people as possible. And therefore, they're hiring people that are just warm bodies, not necessarily folks that are great for their company. Um, but now, when now businesses are starting to really think about where are we going to be in 12, 24, 36 months? What is it going to take to get there? How many people do we need to have on the team to be able to hit these objectives? What is the skill set? Um, and then how do we go find the right people for the job? Or how do we train the people uh, for the job? So um, I'm seeing a big shift in the industry from being reactive to growth to being proactive and putting in good strategies. So the, uh, the single job, the average length of time spent at a single job in the cannabis industry is estimated at about one year. Um, so so with, with that sort of giant question mark, you know, how can companies best retain and replace employees without just sort of putting in another warm body? Yeah. and and. And to clarify that stat, that means that if the average length is one year, that means 50% of the industry has turnover the less than one year for every employee. And then the other 50% has, has turnover at more than one year. Um, we did a survey and found that the, the month that is most likely for an employee to turn over is month four. Um, so it's important to understand how people come into your business, what they need, the reasons why they're turning over. Uh, typically, an employee's highest likelihood of turning over is because of the onboarding experience that you give them, um, which includes how you communicate with them, how you prepare them for their first day, uh, making sure that all of their uh, proper um, licensing and, and documentation is done ahead of time, uh, making sure the training plan is is in place to get them to be successful at their job. Everybody wants to do a good job, um, but if you don't provide them with the tools to be able to do a good job and just expect them to figure it out, that's not a good plan. So um, the way that companies are um, providing a better experience for employees is really thinking about uh, what does that first 30, 60, 90 days look like when someone comes into the company? Um, what is the training and, and ongoing development past that period of time? Um, how are we continuing to, to provide career paths for the team members that we have and how we provide training to get them through that career progression? Um, and, and also, um, folks want feedback. 
So having some form of performance uh, management in place so that people know I am doing a good job, I am not doing a good job, but here's the thing that I need to do to be to do a good job. Um, so it's just really important to communicate with your with your team and make sure that you have some of these fundamental and foundational uh, items in place. So you mentioned, uh, you know, turnover, um, and I'm wondering sort of about this idea of a single job in the industry and that sort of average being one year. Are people, you know, within that year moving on to maybe moving up, you know, is there upward mobility in this space that sort of uh, works hand in hand with this uh, sort of lack of time spent in one job? I mean, are, do you see a lot of people sort of being uh, promoted from within or, or is that a lot of outside stuff? What goes on there? Yeah, I think the number one reason um, that folks are leaving their, their company is compensation. Um, right now, we're in, the, we're in a very competitive space. We have a limited market. Uh, we've got a limited access to a, a trained workforce. Um, so folks that are high performers are very valuable and sought after by the industry. Um, and so if someone down the, down the road, a dispensary down the road is offering new position for you know, even 50 cents more than what you're making now, people are making that hop. Um, so we're starting to see compensation and the benefit um, offerings being much more important. Um, but I do see organizations that are putting in good career progression and offering upward mobility. And those companies have a much lower turnover rate than other companies. Um, we're so new in this industry and the opportunity to move up within a business really is infinite. Um, and the more states that legalize, they're looking for more folks that have um, that experience in the space. So I think this is an unbelievable industry to be a part of. Um, it, it provides unlimited career progression, um, but people have to really sit down, spend the time, not only take advantage of the training that's, that their company is providing, but also go out and research other training that would help them be a better um, a better professional and constantly improve yourself. And, and I think the opportunities to, to progress are, are, are really infinite. So a lot of, uh, in, in, in a lot of legal states in, in Canada, we're starting to see sort of institutions of higher education uh, offering uh, programs. And, you know, you talk about training. Uh, are you seeing yet uh, maybe businesses who are seeking people who have some of this sort of higher education formal training? Or uh, are these programs still too new and the idea is too new that, that it's, it's not, you know, on the forefront of, of, owners, of owners' minds? Yeah, I think, um, well, I even got asked to go teach at the uh, University of Denver here in, in town. Uh, they have a, uh, a cannabis, a couple of cannabis courses there. Um, I think it's too new for it to be uh, something that um, folks are seeking out just because they don't necessarily know the training and skill sets that folks are getting in these courses. Um, but as that matures and as we see more universities and higher education step in, I think that's going to be a sought after skill. Um, but the industry also is new in general. So um, a lot of these courses are, are you know, still in the developmental stages. So um, I think that there will be, uh, it will play a bigger role though in the future. And, and I think the more training that people get both in, in the industry and in, in industries that are adjacent, um, is where folks are going to be seeking talent. Did you take the the opportunity to teach at, at Denver? 
Um, I, I tried to <laughs> many times. Um, my schedule has been uh, pretty challenging over uh, over the last uh, several years since, uh, since I started the company. Um, but I, I'm hoping uh, that this year, uh, when he goes to teach uh, teach again, that I'll be able to uh, mark out some time to make it happen because. Uh, personally, that's something I really enjoy is getting in front of uh, this next generation of, of people coming into the workforce and, and getting them really excited for the opportunities before them. So uh, yeah, that's I, I cool. Look for yeah. Opportunities like that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a yeah. college professor myself, so you know, I and awesome. I obviously don't know anyone who's who's taught any of those courses. So uh, definitely hit me up uh, if if you end up doing that. Um, but yeah. I. I well, what, what, what course do you share with us? What course do you teach and what, uh, what a university? Oh, I teach uh, media college uh, at uh, SUNY Plattsburgh in upstate New York. Uh, so I teach about oh, media cool. bias. And we actually talk a lot about sort of the, the can of bias in, in, in the media um, in one of my classes. Um, Very but, cool. Media studies is boring compared to this. Um, this what, so, yeah, but the but teaching like that's very rewarding, you know. I love it. No, so I, I, I definitely do. That's cool uh, that you do that. So, so when when we're talking about HR, um, you know, that's something that um, you know, obviously the payroll stuff. You know, companies are going to be on on sort of that, but do they tend to overlook some of the other sort of? Uh, aspects of human resources when they launch their company? Like, are, are they deficient in, in some of those aspects when they launch? And, and what role does HR play uh, in a company's success? Yeah, I think it does. I don't know if overlooked is the right word. Um, starting a cannabis business, the amount of work and compliance that goes into it is, is very, very overwhelming and more demanding than any other industry. Um, so I think everything gets overlooked, <laughs> um, not on purpose, just by the mere, the sheer fact of there's too much work to be done. But uh, human resources plays a major role in every single company. It, it is your your center for compliance. Uh, it is your center for employee satisfaction, which employee satisfaction drives customer satisfaction. Um, and your people are your product. If, if you're a dispensary, your people are the ones that are out there in front of customers, sharing your story, showing the passion of the business, getting people not only excited for your company, but for the products that you're offering. And, and also, they're the ones that are properly educating your customers. And then if you look all the way back in the supply chain for, to the folks in your grow or the extraction lab, they're the ones that are caring for your plants, making sure that things happen on time and that you're harvest is, is sees all of its full benefits. And um, so people are a major, major asset to a company and their first entry point into a business typically happens through the HR department. And it's important to really think through what it means to be an employer. Um, what responsibilities do you have? How do you give that experience to your team? How do you make sure that they are supported properly? Um, and those things all add up to being a successful business and having customers that love you. Um, so um, the earlier folks start focusing on that, the more successful and, and the bigger opportunity they have to be successful. Um, and a lot of times we uh, folks 
don't necessarily have all the resources to to drive that importance. And that's where we're trying to step in and not only provide technology to these businesses, but also provide additional services and consultants that are certified in the HR and payroll realms of business um, and helping and having those folks help these businesses get that foundational infrastructure in place. What's the first thing that you would tell, uh, you know, a company that would, that would come to you seeking the, the advice on, on HR specifically? Well, typically we ask for their handbook because um, the handbook is a great place to see how they look at the business. Um, and, and through going through the handbook, we can see, okay, um, are we, are we driving one? Are we driving compliance in the business? And two, what type of experience are we giving to our team? Uh, and three, what, how are we providing benefits and, and opportunities for our team? And so I think that's the place that we really start. And that's where there's a lot of opportunities to really think through, you know, what are the policies and procedures in the business to help employees be successful, to attract employees to come work for our business. Um, and then we start expanding from there. Um, and then we start digging into those policies and procedures and figuring out, is this really best practice? Is this, is this cutting edge? Does this really reflect the needs of the type of people that I'm trying to hire? And then we adjust. Um, you know, we, this is a, a new generation, a new workforce that has different uh, things that they value. And businesses that are aware of that and, and provide that um, have much higher retention rate, have, have happier employees, and have a happier uh, customer base. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how we work through the process. Is, is there a figure that you guys sort of have, like how much it costs per employee to have to retrain uh, somebody, you know, for, for that same position time and time again? Is there a dollar amount that's, that's on that? I've, I've, seen, um, I've seen estimates of $2,000 per person up to four to 5,000 uh, and some folks up to 7,000 um, per, per person that turns over. Um, and so you think about when you, when you break that apart, you think about, okay, now I don't have this person to, to put out on the floor. Um, so now my team that's there is already stressed and, and they're potentially working into overtime. Um, it takes me, it costs me money and time to go find a new person that's going to be a good fit for that company. Um, then we have to train that person and we have to onboard that person. And then, then they take time to actually get to be proficient at the job. So there's a big, big period of time there. Um, and there's also time requirement from managers and other employees that all get wrapped into this cost of turnover. And when you think about companies that have 100% turnover and they have 100 employees a year, we're talking about serious money that's going out the door. Um, that can be avoided uh, if you start thinking about, one, hiring the right people, two, making sure we're supporting the people, uh, and getting them onboarded properly, and then three, how we're training and developing them over the course of, of, of the, their time with us. Uh, it makes a huge impact uh, in your customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction, but it also makes a big impact on the bottom line. When you talk about supporting, you know, employee support, uh, let's talk about benefits for a minute. What, what do benefit packages look like in the space? Do they lag behind other, you know, more mature and normalized industries, or are they you know, ahead of the curve as the industry is on some issues. Yeah. So, so it's changed dramatically over the course of four years, four years ago, everyone struggled to even get someone in the benefits world to speak to them. 
And now that the benefit providers who basically are sharing risk across all of their customers, um, now that they have data on the cannabis industry and they realize that our workforce is young, they, they don't self-medicate with opioids. They're, they're using cannabis to, to have healthier lives. So they're actually a really good risk pool for the benefits world. Um, so over the last year to two years, we've seen a lot more of the carriers that are stepping in. It's, uh, it's still limited, um, but we're seeing much more normalized benefit plans. Um, I think there's a, a real opportunity to think about how we are, what are the benefit plans for this industry and what could be a potential new, you know, what, what, what does the future look like for the benefits for the cannabis industry and how do we craft that now and how do we do something very different than what's being done today? And that's where I think we can get ahead of the curve uh, and be, uh, be an industry that is changing the way that others think about um, helping their employees. Um, but I'd say right now we're really at a normalized state where we have some offerings, um, uh, not enough, um, but we have some, and, and most folks have access to those. So, the, the, so sort of staying on this ahead of the curve thing, um, in New York, cannabis industry employees are required to be part of a union. Uh, I know that other states have adopted similar or in the process of considering uh, in their legalization bills these same sort of uh, provisions, these same requirements. Um, does this unionization uh, have an impact on HR and hiring practices in the space? Yes, of course, it does have an impact, and um, it, it requires you know organizations to now have potentially you know one or multiple different type of employee agreements in place that they have to manage. Um, but this is not uncommon from other industries, uh, so we do have uh, we we can pull from some of the experience of other industries. Um, on how we use technology, how do we use process and procedures to to make these um, make these union contracts easier to manage? Um, and that's where I think uh, technology does play a big role in this, uh, because you could have a facility that has some employees that are part of a union that have a specific benefits package and and PTO policy. And, and break policies, and that's very different from your policy of the business and, and how everybody else in the business is managed. So um, it's important to have a technology provider that can help automate a lot of that uh, to make sure you are compliant. Um, and that's where I think that technology in the industry plays a major role in helping us stay compliant and manage some of the complexities that we're now starting to see. So, and I got to ask you, I mean, I mean, the, the, the question I've asked you have been very sort of, I mean, all, all over the industry and, and you, you are very knowledgeable in each of them, you know, and, and I mean, this, the industry is new and, and, you know, your sort of background is, is not in the cannabis space. It's in, you know, the HR space. What was the learning curve life like for you? Like, you know, how did you, you know, make sure that you were covering all your bases, uh, you know, getting into this industry? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a curious person. And my background was in big box retail. So I worked with companies like Target and PetSmart and Charlotte Roos. So I, I I've had a lot of experience in retail environments and how they look at the business. Um, I've had some experience in the supply chain and how they get products to shelves. Uh, and then I spent some time in the restaurant space as well, 
Um, the one thing that's in common with all of those is, is the hourly workforce. So uh, I had a, a skill set that applied well to the cannabis industry. And then I spent my first couple of months just trying to get out and visit businesses and learn as much as I could. Every time I went on a tour of a grow, I just asked question after question, learned about the plant, uh, learned about how they thought about their business and how people moved and flowed in that business and what were the challenges. And I noticed what was written on the wall and the whiteboards and, and really tried to be a student. Um, and that, that helped me quickly personally understand what's going on and what were the challenges. Um, as far as starting the business, uh, you know, we've got a lot of lawyers that we work with, um, employment lawyers, cannabis lawyers, corporate lawyers, um, tax lawyers, to really think through some of the specific um, use case in the cannabis space to make sure that, um, one, we're, we're properly supported, and, and, and two, we can properly support our customers. Um, so it's taken a lot, and it's an ongoing process. Um, it's not easy being in the space. It's not easy being a, a service provider to this space uh, because we have hundreds of customers that are all dealing with these challenges and their business change so frequently, and, and we have to manage, help, help manage that with them. Uh, so it puts a lot of stress on what we do, but uh, it, it's work that we really enjoy doing. And you don't you don't sound very stressed out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, five, I mean, five, I'm going my fifth year now in the cannabis space, so uh, the anxiety is gone, and and uh, my uh, my pain tolerance is significantly high, and, <laughs> and I think that's what it takes. Uh, but I I love the work that that we get to do uh, every single day. It's it's really special. This is this industry has really become my home. And uh, there's so much meaning to the work that we get to do because we have customers, our customers have patients, patients now have access to a plant that changes their life for the better. Um, and that, that's, that's great. I've been doing what I do for a very long time, but I have not been able to impact people's lives like this before. So uh, it's just really special to be a part of this. So my, my, my last sort of question uh, is, is how much employment practices have uh, on investments in the industry and, and what are potential investors looking for with regard to employee company relationships? Yeah, it's playing a much bigger role, especially with some of these big operators who are making headlines in the news for their employment practices. Um, employment practices are a part of the due diligence process and us as a company, when investors invested in us, they asked about um, our employment agreements and, and our employment practices. And I mean, it was a whole part of the diligence process. Um, and so, and that's pretty traditional in, in most industries. Uh, I think it's been overlooked in the cannabis industry because people were so excited with the opportunity and everyone had the fear of missing out um, that they moved very quickly. But now we're seeing that the investors coming in are, are much more methodical about uh, their approach to the space. And we're obviously seeing a big cool down in investment dollars coming in. Uh, and I think uh, everyone knows that employee practices can also make or break your business. So uh, we're seeing investors spend a lot more time understanding uh, this side of the business. And we're seeing businesses really think much more about this practices as well. And, and and a lot of folks that are going to go out and raise or want to go be acquired, they realize that they need to have these things in place 
They need to have good policies in place. They need to be able to track everything that they're doing and show that they've been compliant um, so that investors are going to be interested in, in, in their business. So it's great to see that this shift is happening um, because that means at the end of the day, employees get treated better. They have more resources. Um, and I think personally, what, one of the things that I get really excited about in this industry is the opportunity to shape an industry that is very inclusive, that is very diverse, um, that has ha that has employees that stick around forever. Um, if we can be the industry where the hourly workforce is attracted to and wants to stay and is proud to work in, um, I just think it would be such a gift. Uh, and, and it's an obligation that we have, and it's an opportunity that we have to really shape a, a different way of doing business. And that gets me excited, and it gets me excited to hear other entrepreneurs in the space that think the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I've always sort of thought about that, uh, you know, and, and looking at sort of what's happening with Canada is you have these massive companies that are doing these just huge layoffs, um, you know, and, and there's some of the you know, ones that we're, we're most heavily invested in um, sort of cautionary tale for investors uh, in, in many regards. Um, what advice do you have for, you know, sort of entrepreneurs, uh, you know, maybe sort of in your in your sort of lane or outside of your lane? I mean, you said you've been in this industry 15 years. You know, what's what's the first thing you tell somebody who says, nah, I want to start a cannabis business? <laughs> um. I think it's important to really understand what you're walking into um, and really understand what it's going to take to be successful. Uh, this is not an easy industry to be a part of. Uh, I think there's also this perception that everybody's making money hand over fist here, and and that's not the case. Um, people that are in the space right now are, are folks that are really passionate about the plant and, pa and passionate about serving people. And that comes, uh, unfortunately, right now at a sacrifice for most people. Um, obviously, we all see that one day this industry will be treated fairly with taxes and it'll be a, a, a good business to be a part of. Um, but it's going to take a while to get there. Um, and to run a cannabis business it requires a lot of attention to detail, a lot of compliance um, and, and, and things that you don't really necessarily have to deal with in other industries. So. My advice to entrepreneurs is do a lot of research, spend a lot of time with folks that are doing it, really understand what you're signing up for and, and what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur in this space. Um, and once you understand that, um, you know, dive in and, and make a difference in the world. One, one thing, I, whenever I get a, you know, you compliance guys on here, you guys always say attention to detail. <laughs> it's like, it's really like the number one thing. Um, you know, and, and, yeah. and it's, it's just something I've noticed uh, that I've, I've found interesting. Where can people find out more about uh, you, find out more about work, uh, what you guys do? Yeah, come check us out. Our website is enjoywork.com, and that's work spelled with a U. Um, come check us out. Uh, we've got an office here in Denver. We've got an office in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, we're opening up more. Um, so, yeah. Come, come check us out, and uh, we'd love to have a conversation and help anybody we can. Uh, thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it, TJ. Thank you, Keegan, man. That's really, really, uh, you know, great to have you on. Uh, really insightful stuff. Um, and I've been looking forward to this for a while because I, I think that it is uh, sort of an overlooked, um, you know, uh, part of the industry uh, that, that, you know, people, again, are so excited that, that, 
it sort of gets its lost. So, so thank you so much. It's Keegan Peterson. He's the CEO of Work, a cannabis-specific payroll and HR provider that advises employee training, uh, performance management, improving employee experiences and wellness and benefits offering. Thanks again, Keegan. Thank you so much. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you'll find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfault.